I've never told this story to anyone. It took me a moment or two to realise what I'd just agreed to. The first mistake that I ever made in my life. She said, I'm leaving Broome now, I'm coming to meet you. The memory lasted forever. Wanted young dynamic people to join our dog sledding family. All I know is that. It was like a shockwave going through my body. Welcome to another podcast episode from Spun, a live storytelling night in the Northern Territory of Australia. My name's Jess Ong. Jacob Jacob arrived in Alice Springs on his wedding anniversary, and compared to where he'd come from, Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea, he thought things in Alice Springs were rather slow. But upon realising incidences of stab wounds in Alice Springs were actually amongst the highest in the world, Jacob decided that that was where he needed to be. One very cold winter night, I was called into the emergency department of Alice Springs Hospital to see a young 36-weeks-old pregnant woman who was stabbed in the groin. She was in a very critical condition because she has already lost 1.5 litres of blood and her baby died in the uterus. We had to take that patient immediately to the theatre to repair her large blood vessel which was bleeding. Our plan was to repair these vessels and then do a caesarean section to get the dead baby out. While we were nearly completing the repair of the blood vessels, we got another call from the emergency department saying that there is another gentleman there who was stabbed by his wife on the arm and as he was running away from her, He was hit by a speeding vehicle and has ruptured his spleen and he's in a very unstable condition too. So we had to postpone the cesarean section for the next day and um, brought the next patient to the theatre for removing that shattered spleen. Both patients survived, but that made an enormous kind of impact on me. The stabbing rate in Alice Springs was very high and something needed to be done about it. I came to Alice Springs from Port Mosby Hospital in uh, 2000. I was really very scared because this is the first time I'm going to work in a first world country's hospital and I was afraid how I will be received there. Anyway, the Alice Springs Hospital is a very unique hospital in that it covers uh, 1.3 million square kilometers of landmass with a population of 50,000 and the next tertiary centre, that means where all the specialists are, 1,500 kilometres away in Adelaide. So whatever surgical problem that comes to the emergency department is actually your problem. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Alice Springs, as any other famous cities in the world, is built on the banks of a mighty river. (laughs) It is Todd River bone dry almost all the time. (laughs) But I was fortunate to see this river flooding in the first three months, three times. And the elders there said, you are now stuck in Alice Springs. (laughs) (laughs) And they also told me that those who work in Alice Springs Hospital belongs to one of the four categories of being mad, misfit, mercenary or missionary. After working in Alice Springs for the last 16 years, I'm still working out which category I belong to. (laughs) 
At the very young age of 12 years, I made up my mind to become a surgeon. I had two pivotal influences uh, on me for that decision. One, my parents, and the other one is the well-reputed, high, highly skilled surgeon in my hometown in India, who walks in front of my house every day at 6 o'clock in the morning to the hospital. My father told me that he is a very skilled man who can cut into people and repair their uh, injured organs or diseased organs. That really appealed to me, and I want to be one of them. My parents, they were not rich people, but they were very generous people, actually, and helped anybody who came to them for help. Some of the regular visitors to my home were actually lepers, who nobody wanted to actually get them into the house. My mother used to give them food and uh, clothing, and I could see their happiness and mom's happiness, and I was taught in the very young age not to discriminate people. I became a surgeon in 1978, and um, I realized that though there are many doctors and surgeons, they are seldom available for the very poor and the needy people. So with that in my mind, I joined the mission hospitals in India. To my great disappointment, there were still a lot of ethical deficits and money is still a big factor there. And then my chance came to work in a needy place when I got an appointment in Mount Hagen in Papua New Guinea. From there, I went to Port Mosby and I worked there for nearly 15 years. And then fate directed me to Alice Springs. Working in Alice Springs for the first three, four weeks, I could realize that there are four types of admissions that are very common in Alice Springs. Stab injuries, acute pancreatitis, soft tissue infections, and single vehicle rollover accidents. Alcohol, harmful use of alcohol was a common factor in all of them. It is not good enough to say that we have a lot of stab injuries. We have to have solid data. For that, you need an audit program, which was not done in Alice Springs at that time. So I started the audit program and some shocking results came through. Alice Springs have the highest incidence of stab wounds and also acute pancreatitis in the world. I asked my colleagues what we do with this data, something needs to be done, but they disgraced me saying that it involves indigenous people, um, it's a sensitive issue, just stay away from it. But I could not erase the image of that pregnant woman and something has to be done about it. During this time, people in Alice Springs have accepted me as their surgeon and the indigenous people have full confidence and faith in me. Encouraged by these facts, I decided to publish this in the Australian New Zealand Journal of Surgery. Suddenly, Alice Springs become the stabbing capital of the world and also the mother capital of Australia. And uh, people have noticed this and um, serious uh, reforms for alcohol were instituted in Alice Springs with very good results. During this time, the Lancet, one of the world-famous uh, medical journal, got uh, interested in it and they sent a representative to Alice Springs to interview me and they put an editorial in the um, Lancet journal about the epidemics of stab injuries in Alice Springs. That attracted world attention and people have to do something about it now. And uh, the College of Surgeons uh, sent a very high-powered delegation to Alice Springs and they have um, we have, they have improved the staffing and support system in Alice Springs um, and um, Alice Springs Department of Surgery is one of the best in the country now. <laughs> <laughs>
there, there was a saying in uh, Alice Springs that if you are in pain, get a plane. But that has been now changed. And um, Alice Springs is considered as one of the good remote hospitals in the country. And uh, there are still a lot of things need to be done there. Closing the gap is still a distant dream. But working with the indigenous people and sustained good medical practice can definitely get results. We should not lose hope and um, we have to continue to work towards that. And one of the things we find hard is actually to get staff into Alice Springs. In one of the College of Surgeons meeting, there was an international forum. And uh, many of our surgeons go to different places in the world, like Africa and South Pacific countries. They were talking about their experience. And when my turn came, I actually highlighted the need for people to come and work in Alice Springs, doctors, I mean. And I quoted Mother Teresa by saying that it's very easy to love people who are far away, but it is not easy to love people who live right next to us. Hearing Jacob's story opens up a really uncomfortable space. It reveals the complex layers and tragic events and realities that exist within a small regional town just 1,500 kilometres south of Darwin. Jacob told his story at our event at Darwin Festival where the theme was wild, and he remains the head of surgery at Alice Springs Hospital and continues to advocate for the community and its patients. If you want to stay in the spun loop, you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. We also send out the occasional newsletter, but we promise there's no spamming. So you can sign up on our website, spunstories.net. This podcast episode featured sound editing by Rosa Ellen, music by Lajlo Hassani, story production by me, Jess Ong, with funding support from Darwin International Airport. Thanks for listening. <laughs>